Hello, my name is Samuel George London and welcome to Comics for the Apocalypse. On today's episode, I speak to comic book writer, editor, and all-round awesome person, Nicole D'Andrea, about what comics she would take into the apocalypse. But before we get into it, be sure to check out Nicole's dark comedy comic, Road Trip to Hell, on Kickstarter right now, by simply searching Road Trip to Hell on Kickstarter. Now, without further ado, on with the show. Hello, Nicole D'Andrea, how are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you doing, Sam? I'm very well, thanks. Uh, been a been a long old day here in the UK. Um, it's getting darker and darker as the days go by. Um, but uh, where where you are right now, it's uh, it's uh, daytime, I guess. Yep, early afternoon for us over here in New Jersey. <laughs> nice. Um, and um, just for for folks that don't know uh, or haven't become aware of who you are, what do you do in the world of comics? Well, I'm currently the marketing director and submissions editor for Action Lab Entertainment. I've been working for them for about four years now. I also do a lot of freelance editing, and I'm a writer myself, so I'm currently trying to kickstart my own project, Road Trip to Hell. Excellent. And that's, that's basically where I first became aware of you, um, through, through the first issue of Road Trip to Hell on Kickstarter. Um, and, the, and the second one is on Kickstarter um, and has been for about, what, 24 hours? About that, yeah. Now, um, so yeah, folks, go, go uh, search on Kickstarter Road Trip to Hell and go check it out. Or the, there'll be a link in the show notes there. Uh, for folks to click through um but uh, yeah that's where i first became aware of you and and that's where i became aware that you you're an editor as well um and i basically asked if you'd be keen to um to edit beyond milford green which was a lot of fun to do by the way that's a fun book Thank you so much. Um, and then you just recently, uh, we just recently uh, polished off the script for Defend Milford Green as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Also a very fun book that everyone should check out. Just yeah. saying. <laughs> Thanks very much. Um, and uh, yeah, that was uh, rather a rather an epic undertaking, Defend Milford Green. It's, it's rounded off to 92 pages now instead of the, the original 80 I had in mind. I had to add. 12 pages in total but it's the way it goes um but uh going going back to you um where can where can people find you on the interwebs uh i think the best place would be my website comicmaven.com and most of my social media is under the comic maven handle so my twitter instagram facebook when i use it on occasion people can find me there amazing and again all of those links are in the show notes um so uh people can just click through straight there as well uh now um all of that aside unfortunately i do have some bad news for you nicole um and uh. that is that there's actually been a zombie outbreak in new jersey right now um so my first question for you is what is your action plan for survival um well i feel like the walking dead has adequately prepared me maybe yeah. as to what not to do and what to do so um 
immediately I would probably search for the nearest weapon I have for protection. Mm -hmm. And I would definitely want to find my family, not just obviously for personal reasons, but also my dad in particular, Dave, is probably one of the smartest people I know. So I think he's definitely a good person to have around. Definitely good for communications with other people. Uh, and I think from that point, we would probably try to find the safest location and barricade ourselves inside. Uh, I mean, but yeah, those, those were probably the first steps I'd take. I don't know how far I'd get, but hopefully I'd make it to, if I were in The Walking Dead, hopefully I would uh, still be around for season 10. Oh, definitely. I don't, I don't doubt it. Um, particularly if, you know, you've, you've read um, all of The Walking Dead, you'll, you'll be well prepared for, for you know, what, what, what is to come from the, from the human race, <laughs> what, <laughs> what, what people's uh, psychology is like in regards to all of that. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. If the zombie uh, outbreak starts, honestly, after watching The Walking Dead, I think I'd be more worried about the living people than the dead people. 100%. Yeah, always the case that um, humans are the most dangerous animal on the planet, basically. Mm -hmm. <laughs> always the case. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, now, uh, when you're hunkered down, um, you and your dad start having a, a, a chin wag or a chat um, about, uh, about comics, and you start reminiscing. Um, and, and he asks you, what, what was the first comic you remember enjoying? I would say... That would definitely have to be the first comic I ever remember getting, which is the a Sonic the Hedgehog comic book, actually. Awesome. Um, yeah, I remember I went with my grandmother, actually. She, uh, I, she would watch me every, I want to say every weekend, and she would go to get her lottery ticket. And every time she went for a lottery ticket, there would be the spinning rack of comics there. So every week I would just get a new Sonic the Hedgehog comic book. Excellent. Um, and then did you get it from like the first issue or were you jumping kind of mid story? Oh, it was it was far into it. It was uh, it's actually really hard to find like classic Sonic the Hedgehog that Archie used to do. I've, I've slowly been creating my own collection of that. But um, I, I want to say it was, it was like 80 plus issues in something like that. It was in the middle of like a really intense arc too so it immediately drew me in as this kid where I expected it to kind of be like a kid's story where I, I stereotypically back then thought like everything is light and happy but no there's like people crying in it and people think Sonic's been dead for like two years or something it was very depressing actually so <laughs> yeah so I jumped in at a very odd point but it like really captured my attention because I found I really enjoy those stories where there can be a, like some light moments, but the, it also like gets surprisingly dark sometimes. As well, that's that's incredible for a for a Sonic comic. Yeah, <laughs> you, I know, right? You, you wouldn't expect it, really, would you? Um, mm -hmm. And uh, and sorry, how old were you uh, uh, this this time? Um, I was fairly young. I want to say I was about eight or so. Right. Don't quote me on that, but I want to say it was about eight or so. But ironically, I didn't even get into collecting comics until I was 15. Like, that yeah. was probably the only comic book I was reading before then. It was just something that I thought was, like, this anomaly, this really cool thing. I'd never really delved into the world of the comics until I was 15. Okay, so then when you're 15... 
Um, what's what's kind of the first thing that you pick up that really kind of piques your interest? Well, I'd uh, attended an art class a couple years before then, and I had these like old comics that I'd never thought to read because I wasn't really interested. He like gave us free comics basically, oh, wow. and they sort of just shat- sat on a shelf for me, and I didn't look at them for the longest time mm. until my mom took me to a convention that was unrelated to this. It was like to see a celebrity I liked. Uh, and I picked up comics there and was like, oh, these are kind of cool. Maybe I should look at the old comics I got years ago. And I ended up loving Alpha Flight. I had an issue of Alpha Flight that was written by John Byrne. And it was awesome. And I ended up going to another comic book convention a couple weeks later to get a whole run of Alpha Flight. And I just was sucked in from that point on and became like a hardcore collector of comics in general. Wow, that's awesome! And so, from from that point forward, are you are you thinking, oh, I'd love to get into the comic industry? Or you know, it, usually, yeah, that's usually what I do. Is when I get really passionate about something, my first thought is, I would love to make a career out of this, so I can do it. Basically, so I'm not doing it just in my free time, but I can do it as a job because I've I've wanted to be a writer since I was in second grade. So as soon as I got into comics, I knew I wanted to start writing comics. My focus used to be I want to try to write a novel, which I never ended up doing. Maybe someday I would like to try to do that. But the focus ended up shifting to comics, which I was I've been really happy with working in comics. Awesome. Um, and, and how did the your your career in comics come about? Well, ironically, I think it was a couple weeks after the first comic convention I went to when I'd gotten really into comics, I decided to write a couple of comic book reviews for some of the stuff I picked up, and I ended up putting those on uh, Comic Vine, and I got approached by someone who worked for an entertainment website called Entertainment Fuse, and basically did a volunteer job where I wrote uh, comic-related articles for them. So I wrote reviews and did interviews for them for years about comics, and I ended up making some really awesome contacts through that. I met uh, Jeremy Whitley, who does the Princeless series for Action Lab Entertainment, through there. And when it came time in college for me to look into getting an internship, I actually uh, reached out to him to see if he knew anyone in Action Lab that was hiring. And they ended up taking me on as an intern so that was a great experience because I got college credit and I was able to do something I loved for my internship. And basically six months into my internship, they gave me my first paying gig there. Awesome. And then it just went from there. Yeah, it really snowballed from there after that. Basically, as soon as I got out of college, I got a job with them. Wow, that's awesome. Um, I mean, that's amazing Like that, that process can properly work. Um, yeah. when the right people uh, are in the right places, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Um, so, um, going back to you hunkering down with your father, um, trying to distract yourselves from the zombies, uh, the next question that comes up is, what is the funniest or the comic that made you laugh out loud the most? Uh, this one is definitely one that I read fairly, I want to say I read it a year or two ago, and it still stays in my mind. And it's actually called About Betty's Boob, right. which it's it sounds like an odd title, but it's actually very fitting. It's about a woman who survives breast cancer. And you would think it, it can be a very 
depressing story, but they make it that it just gets to be so uplifting. You get to see her journey and it's just, I don't know, it's just a lot of fun to read. And it really like stuck out in my mind and was one of the first things I thought of for that. Awesome. And is it meant to be comedic? Uh, Well, I think they did want that. Like they, they start it with her at her saddest point. And I would say it's like one of the saddest comics I've actually read at at first. And then it kind of grows from them. And I feel, feel like it, it grows from that starting point where she gets this new life and basically gets to become this whole new person. And uh, she just grows so much as a person throughout the book that it ends up becoming something that just makes you smile. Amazing. That's great. And then there are all obviously kind of funny moments within it. I assume, yes. as well, of course. Um, and then, yeah, as you were saying, um, it's it's probably one of the saddest, and and you do have that listed as your as your saddest comic as well. Yeah, I know. I kind of cheated. No, I kind of cheated if it, with if that. If it ticks both boxes, then it's what a comic. <laughs> it really does. I feel like though, if I thought about saddest harder, I could think of a lot of examples because honestly, I I can cry so easily when I'm reading or watching something. I really can. So if I really thought about it, I could probably get you a list of comics that just destroyed me internally (laughs) because how sad they were. But that was the one that kind of stuck out because it was also the funniest because again, I just love those comics that can go to those really dark places, but then can Mm. also lighten the mood. I just think that's so cool. Oh, definitely. It's a, it's quite an achievement to be able to do that and about something that's so, um, I guess, pressing on a lot of people's minds is, you know, with increasing rates of cancer and things that, you know, um, how to deal with that situation and, and mm. something like being able to read it through, um, through a comic, um, will hopefully help somebody through that. I'd hope so. Yeah. Definitely, fantastic. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna skip to um, our uh, our next question, um, which is what is the scariest or most horrifying comic that you've read? Uh, I would say probably anything by, and I hope I'm saying his name correctly, Junji Ito, yeah. which is uh, yeah, he does a lot of amazing horror manga that I think is it's just the imagery alone I think is stuff of nightmares and he can take something as simple as a spiral and make it scary. It's just yeah. so fascinating. Yeah. Like the spy, the spiral is the, is, is one of his um, books, isn't it? Yes. It's a, it's a series of books he did. Um, and it's, I just couldn't believe he could take the concept of a spiral and make it scary. Like it was so interesting <laughs> how many different ways you could take it, how you can make that into a series and not just like a one-off story, but like an ongoing thing was just so interesting. Like I heard they're even adapting it. I think next year it's getting adapted by like Adult Swim into this show. It it looks fascinating. I've looked at it and it literally looks like they just took the manga and put it on the screen. Wow, that's that's awesome. Um, So yeah, if, if anybody out there hasn't heard of Junji Ito before, definitely Google him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just look at get, switch onto images and then you'll get why it's so horrifying like, and then you'll get so, the nightmares for the next week yeah exactly that's it's fine. great <laughs> that's all part of it because there's there's one uh just at the top here on google um which is you know a cat with like spy like a spider coming out of its mouth it looks like um i i think it's part of the cat but it's like 
yeah, just think of a cat with spider legs coming out of its <laughs> mouth and stuff like that. It's it's real freaky, um, and uh, yeah, um, it's uh, it's just really fascinating. <laughs> I want someone to make that a Halloween costume for their cat somehow. Oh, I want surely, someone to make that happen. Surely somebody can do that, or perhaps it's something in Japan already. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that 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 surely got to happen. Definitely, <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> um, so uh, our next question, um, which is, uh, what is your favorite cover? This was also a hard decision. Um, honestly, I think most of the covers by Art Germ, in particular, he does gorgeous covers and mm. i picked um i picked batgirl number 12 in particular yeah. maybe because i have a, stop, a soft spot for stephanie brown as batgirl but i right. think the work he does on that is just beautiful i would love to have him do a cover for me i would like that's like a goal someday i want to have him do a cover that would be amazing definitely um i mean you know you never know with uh with the kickstarter at the moment road trip to hell maybe you could try and uh, get him in for a stretch goal i don't know uh that would be amazing <laughs> definitely um but yeah no it's a it's a, it's a beautiful cover um and um what what is it that particularly grabs you about his style and, and that particular cover do you think uh, i think that cover in particular i love the fact that it's like raining so i think just mm -hmm. the way he makes the character glow because of the rain and just that yeah. interaction there and i've always just loved his expressions on the characters it's yeah. just so fun to look at yeah because she's kind of like got a slight smile mm -hmm. doesn't she on it kind of with her slight hand smile her but chin. then a little blood on a yeah, by on the a, side of her lip like oh, just those yeah. little details are cool yeah and the, the, i mean the proportions uh absolutely incredible in terms of just the, the actual kind of the figure of Batgirl like that is just so accurate actually mm -hmm. like just in terms of like the length of the arms and everything like that it just it's it just incredible that's refreshing too to see yeah. that isn't it amazing cool <laughs> Um, excellent. Um, so uh, the the next question, one of the most interesting questions that we've got is, uh, what is the most meaningful comic to you? Uh, well, I probably touched on this a little bit before, but it really is Alpha Flight for me, mostly because it's the comic book that got me into just hardcore comic book collecting and then kind of led me on this path to be on the career path I am now. So John Byrne's Alpha Flight, which I know it ends up switching writers soon because I, I feel like he said somewhere he wasn't a big fan of writing that. But, uh, yeah, I think he's just such a great writer. Also, I have to apologize in a second because there's a train right by my house and I think it's about to make a ton of noise. So I apologize <laughs> oh, for that. No I thought I was safe call. today. <laughs> Apparently not. You're never safe. Um, not in a zombie outbreak. Um, never, never. <laughs> but uh, I mean, that's so cool that a, a specific comic managed to kind of pull you in to into the community and then into the industry itself as well. Um, I mean, I I hope you're you're trying to make make him aware that that's what did it for you. Oh my God, I I would have loved an opportunity to meet him. I almost was able to at New York Comic Con, oh. but unfortunately, I ended up uh, working too much at the booth and uh, didn't really get the time to hop over there when he was there. Unfortunately, but I would love to, you know, even just have like a quick 
minute conversation with him to be like, thank you for getting me into comics and basically into this career. It's much appreciated. Amazing. Well, hopefully one day, maybe uh, ne- next year in New York. Maybe. You never know. Fantastic. Um, and then was it was there anything after that that kind of, you know, continued that journey of, wow, this is just a, such a, a vibrant um, community to be part of? I mean, I've met so many wonderful people while working in this industry. I really mm. have. Um, I mean, I, sa- I know I said Jeremy Whitley before. He's like a really great person he's done some really great work with like princeless i love empowering female characters so it's really cool to see that uh just a lot of the people at action lab have been super welcoming uh and supportive i gotta say like sean gabarin who does like his black betty and puppet master stuff which puppet master i was into those comics early on that's something that got me into action lab in particular because mm-hmm. i'm a huge horror junkie so i love yeah. that kind of stuff um, if you couldn't tell already, I'm a yeah, huge horror <laughs> junkie. Um, and just, I've met so many great people that have uh, really helped me, you know, learn to hone my craft. And it's, uh, it's meant a lot to me. That's awesome. Great. Um, and so uh, we move on to our uh, next question. And that is, what is the most underrated comic? Uh, I would have to say... You know, I don't even know how, if this comic is well-known or not. Honestly, I just, I never hear people talking about it around me. So I always like to mention Buzzkill, which was, it was a, a short miniseries. I think it was four or five issues. It was by um, Donnie Cates. Is that how you say his last name? Cates or Katz? Yeah, yeah I, be, I believe it's Cates. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I try not to mess up people's names to the best of my ability. <laughs> he's got to try um, the best, yeah. I know, but he, he's gotten like to be a very, a very big writer with things like mm. Redneck and other titles that I hear a lot more about, and I feel like I don't hear as much about this title, and it's just, it was so good, and it's, it's another example of like, I probably could have used this for like saddest moment, honestly, too, because mm. it's something that it can be really funny, but it was also a really tragic story because it's basically about a guy who gets his superpowers by drinking alcohol and doing drugs and it ruins his life. And it it basically ruins his life. So he's like trying to, so ironically by trying to get sober, he's basically giving up being a superhero. So it's just an amazing concept to me. And again, it just deals with all that tragedy, but also the comedy of it as well. Incredible. I mean, do you know how long it ran for? I want to say it was only four or five issues, but it was, it was so, it really was a miniseries. And he did do, um, he did a spinoff book that takes place in the same universe. I think it was called the paybacks. Mm. And that was, that was good too, but it it didn't capture the same tragedy. I think that I felt in buzzkill. Like that's a miniseries that really stuck with me. I actually, uh, when I had to do, uh, I had to basically do a public speaking class in college and of course, I basically made every speech about comic books. So mm. the one that I talked about to try to get people, more people into comic books, I definitely mentioned this title because this was something I thought that people in college especially would really be interested in reading. Oh, that's fantastic. And yeah, you're quite right. I mean, I, I, haven't, I haven't heard of it before you listed it. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of Redneck and everything. So well, well acquainted with, uh, with Donny Cates and everything. But um yeah, um, that's that's one that I'm going to have to check out and add to my reading list again. I, I definitely <laughs> recommend it. It's so good. 
Fantastic. Um, so we come on to our most difficult question, uh, and that is for you: What is the best comic of all time? That is such a loaded question, and I feel like <laughs> I feel like I changed my answer within like five times. Like I, I think yeah. I I tried to get an answer like yesterday, and I'm like, is that my favorite? I don't know, because then <laughs> it it really just depends on my mood. Because I could honestly sure. list my favorite comic for like any genre and then that would probably change in like a couple months maybe if i'm being general because um i mean i think the one i i list i listed was swamp thing uh specifically like alan moore stuff because it's just it's such a trip to read that it's so it's just so interesting and that he can make a plant (laughs) so emotionally driven and it's it's such a good read, but I mean, I would I'd list that as my best comic of all time right now. But honestly, if you ask me in a month, I'm gonna think of another one that's also amazing and then change it to that. But Absolutely. that's what I have right now, honestly. Yeah, definitely. Um, we're not going to hold you to it. Um, you're you're mm. absolutely welcome to change your mind at any point. Um, like in the future, you'll be reading. But, uh, yeah, you'll be reading an interview like two weeks from now. That's it. My favorite comic is now this. Oh, she lied. No, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I mean, Swamp Thing um, was uh, was an amazing and still is an amazing comic. Um, and kind of when you put it in the context of the fact that you know it was a it was a dying. Um, uh, property, basically, and Alan mm-hmm. Moore kind of brought it to life again, literally. Um, yeah. Yeah. Then uh, it's it's absolutely incredible. Yeah, I think that makes it even more impressive, honestly. Yeah. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. Um, so um, the next question is: uh, if you could only take one comic into the zombie apocalypse from this list, which would it be? Mm. I mean, can can I cheat and list one that's technically not on this list? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I guess why not? You know, because <laughs> uh, to be cliche, I would I would probably bring, and this would probably get me killed because it's heavy. But I would try to bring the the first Walking Dead compendium. Sure. Because then I could literally, when people start arguing and I can see things going very poorly, <laughs> I'll just give them the book and be like, okay, just read like the first. <laughs> 20 50 pages of this you'll understand why this is a bad idea and you're gonna die if you keep acting like this so (laughs) that would probably be my go-to because i think it could help me survive better that is smart very smart you can just kind of reference it look this is this is what will happen um we don't want to repeat history (laughs) well not history but (laughs) human psychology i guess yeah fantastic um and so um come on to our very last question and that is, what weapon, tool, or useful item would you like to take into the apocalypse? I would say, I would definitely want it to be um, a mail, some type of melee weapon, because I, I know, well, besides the fact that I'm sure I couldn't hit anything with a gun, um, <laughs> the bullets are very limited, so I would probably try to bring, I think a, a machete might be, one of my best options because at least then if it's long enough I have some distance to mess up in theory and I, I think it would definitely be a lot uh, a better option than say the gun so I would go with that 
and hopefully not die immediately yeah, <laughs> fingers crossed. Um, but uh, yeah, machete is a good choice. Uh, very versatile uh, weapon, um, and it can be be used as kind of a, a makeshift axe as well as a you know chopping zombie device as well. I guess. True. Good. Good point. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, well, Nicole D'Andrea, thank you so much for sharing your comics for the apocalypse today. It's been a real pleasure. It's been it's been great. Thank you for inviting me on. It's a lot of fun. Oh, it's when you're not great. dying, it's it's a lot of fun when yeah, you're not dying. Exactly. Oh yeah, absolutely. And surviving the apocalypse, um, yes. which you which you absolutely have done. Um, and um, just for the listeners, one more time, where can they find you on the internet? Uh, again, best place would be comicmaven.com. Uh, all of my social media stuff should be on there as well. And definitely please check out the Kickstarter for Road Trip to Hell. If you even just Google the Kickstarter for Road Trip to Hell, it should pop up. It's been going pretty well so far, so I'm excited to see where it'll be at the end of the month. Fantastic. And just to just to give uh, people a little bit of a, a taster, what, what is exactly is Road Trip to Hell about? Uh, it's about uh, a young man who finds out that his father is actually the devil and the devil has died and he has left him as the new king of hell. But unfortunately, in order to claim his throne as the new king, he has to actually literally take a road trip to hell. And everyone from hell has escaped. And if they kill him, they're allowed to become the new king. So we could have someone like Adolf Hitler being the new king of hell. So it uses a lot of historical figures. Uh, it definitely has those horror elements I'm a fan of. And it has, it has some dark comedy in it as well. Most definitely, um, and uh, yeah, the the uh, front cover is rather telling of that. <laughs> as well as... I'll take that as a compliment. Thank you. <laughs> oh no, yeah, absolutely, it's it's fantastic. Um, it certainly is a compliment, and uh, everybody should go check out Road Trip to Hell on Kickstarter right now. Um, either search for it on Kickstarter um, by searching for Road Trip to Hell, or uh, just uh, click through on the link in the uh, in the show notes right there. Um, now, uh, Nicole, thank you so much for your time today. Um, but uh, do you have any events coming up? Uh, that people could potentially catch you at? Uh, I actually just signed up recently. I'm doing the Middletown Comic Con, which is in uh, it's Middletown, New Jersey. So oh. I will be there for, it's just a one-day convention. It's November 16th. So I'll be doing that. And uh, besides that, uh, I'm hoping to set up more conventions for 2020, but I don't have anything concrete yet. No, but do you, do you list that on your website at all? Uh, I haven't actually, I don't think I actually announced that yet because I literally just finalized it uh, yesterday. So I need to make an announcement about that. I think I I may have put it in one of my updates for the Kickstarter, but I didn't put it on social media yet. So I'm going to have to do that next. (laughs) Another thing for the to-do list. Yeah, Um, when I take a break from looking at my phone to see the Kickstarter, yeah, I'll do that. Absolutely, please do. Fantastic. Well, thanks again for your time today, Nicole. It's been a real pleasure catching up. Of course. And uh, yeah, hopefully our paths will cross one day uh, across uh, across a con floor. Definitely. That would be awesome. Awesome. Thanks again, Nicole. Thank you. I appreciate you taking the time. Bye. Bye. Thanks again to Nicole for being on Comics for the Apocalypse. I had an absolutely awesome time.
If you enjoyed the show today, please leave a, re- a review for us on iTunes or whichever podcast service you use. As not only will it let me know that you liked it, but I believe that it helps make other people aware of the show as well. And if you'd like to check out Nicole's work, I'll follow her on social media. Those links are in the show notes, along with all of our own links to the various areas of the internet. And finally, as long as the apocalypse doesn't come to pass in the next week, I'll see you next Monday. Bye for now.